0: Welcome to Dunzo. This is a podcast that explores hookups and breakups of famous lovers and friends, both real and fake, and all the discarded pop culture of yesteryear. I'm your host, Troy McKeady. Hello, Giddles. Welcome to episode 192 of Dunzo. It is me, Troy McGeady. Let me just start by apologizing if you can hear the buzzing of my refrigerator. For some reason right now, it's like really, really loud. I I think that there may be something wrong. So if you can hear that in the background, I'm sorry. Anyway, hi. How's it going? I'm very excited for today's episode, but I do feel like I should start by saying, and I don't often do this. You guys know that I just sort of feel like it's assumed that you know that this podcast is very triggering. We talk about a lot of really dark shit and, you know, it's just, we we cover a lot of really dark stuff and it's just sort of assumed that we always will. It would be like if a murder podcast before each episode warned you that there may be discussions of murder is kind of how I feel about it. But I do feel like I should say before we start this episode that this is a really, really dark one. Like, This is really, really dark. It's really sad. Um, We start kind of late, but then, like, kind of towards the middle and the end, it just gets really, really intense and really triggering, and there's discussion of just all kinds of things that deserve trigger warnings. So I'm just letting you know, um, this is not one for the kids. Like, this is not, like, uh... (laughs) I get a lot of DMs from people who tell me that they play these episodes while their kids are like in the car and that they like it. And I think that's amazing. (laughs) I think that's really funny. You've got to start the kids young. They've got to know who Brittany and Christina are very young. But with that being said, this is not one that I would play for the kids. That's all I'm saying. I don't know about you, but I kind of wanted to skip the pleasantries and get right into it. I know that we're only a a minute and 47 seconds into the episode, but let's just do it. Like, I'm excited. So in part one, we established that the Pussycat Dolls as a band was technically made up of a group of women, but they relied almost entirely on Nicole to sing and write and produce all of their music. And according to Nicole, who was always the victim, uh, she happily did it. She was hired to do a job and You know, she was brought in by the label to do something very specific, and all she wanted to do was just that job and to the best of her ability. um, We've all established that Nicole definitely views herself in this situation as the victim. You know, she's the one, if anything, who has been taken advantage of. I think Nicole views the Pussycat Dolls, by the way, I just popped a cough drop in, completely different energy. You're so lucky that I did it at two minutes and 30 seconds because different energy, I'm awake all of a sudden. Anyway, I was going to say that I think Nicole views the Pussycat Dolls as something she survived, which is wild. I mean, especially when we get to the end of the episode, it's like I have a completely different perspective. It's also funny because the other girls view Nicole as the problem. They say that Nicole wouldn't allow them to sing. And when they tried to, you know, gain any sort of small fraction of creative control over literally anything that they were doing, Nicole would very intensely shut them down. They all collectively describe Nicole as intense. That's the word that they use a lot to describe her and on different occasions in different years, they all just say that she's very intense. The vibe I get is that Robin is obviously the den mother and it's very ironic because I I coined her in my notes as the den mother before I realized she actually is called the den mother by a former member, but we'll get into that later. I view Robin as the den mother and then I kind of view Nicole as like the second in command. And she acts as the eyes and ears for Robin, Ron Fair, and Jimmy Iveen. We also established that Nicole wrote an entire album for herself. And since we weren't interested in her as a solo artist, she gave the album to the Pussycat Dolls. Now, I did exaggerate that a little bit last week because I didn't know that she actually had written like over 100 songs. I think they said it was somewhere between 75 to 100 songs that she wrote and recorded for her album. So, I mean, she had songs to spare. It's not like she took her whole album and said, let's just turn this specific album into, you know, whatever. It was like demos. With that being said, though, it is still really fucking weird. It's really weird. It's undeniably weird. And I would have so much resentment. I would be so resentful every time I looked over on stage and I saw the girls lip syncing over my voice to my songs. I also can't get over the fact that we thought it was so normal. Like, we thought it was so normal that we could only hear one voice on every single song of a band of six girls. That is fucking insane. Like, when you hear a Spice Girls song, it couldn't be more obvious that all the girls are singing because they sound nothing alike. Baby Spice sounds nothing like Mel B You know what I mean? Victoria sounds nothing like Getty. They don't have similar voices at all, so it's really, really apparent when they switch back and forth and when certain people harmonize. It didn't even cross our minds to question it with the Pussycat Dolls, and I just love that. Speaking of their second album, I do want to touch on it a little bit more before we completely move on because this album does have, like, a weirdly special place in my heart for selfish reasons, Selfish reasons that I'm sure you can predict if you remember anything about 2009. For one thing, Karmite Bashar, who was the group's longest standing member, had left, which was kind of a big deal because Carmit was there during, you know, the burlesque years. She was, like, dancing at the Roxy, and she was there for when Johnny Depp, like, gave them their big break. So, like, that was kind of a big deal. The group was also at a high point as far as tension, Things had been bubbling beneath the surface for years. Nicole was resentful of the fact that she, you know, had to give the girls her songs. You know, she very relentlessly gave them her music. The girls were resentful of the fact that she even made a solo album. They were like, why the fuck did you do this in the first place, girl? Like, you are in a girl group, get over it. Then on top of it, they were told to sing the songs They were like, oh, by the way, you're going to be singing all of Nicole's songs and they already hate her. One really like sad thing (laughs) that I read um, about this album. So like for the album cover of Doll Domination, the girls posed on these motorcycles with these little medallions on the front of the bike that had their initials on them. And the girls were all so excited because they thought in their minds, like, well, they wouldn't put the initials on the album if they didn't want people to like learn about us, right? So they thought that this was this like massive change and this was gonna be a step in the right direction. Um, all because their initials, not even their full name, like that's sad. Not even their full name, but their initials. Not even first and last initials, by the way, just the first like truly just a letter, these girls had such little freedom that something that small got them really, really excited. Having their initials on the cover. I was thinking about it the other day and I came to the conclusion, because now all I think about is the Pussycat Dolls, which is a really, really weird um, headspace to be in in the year 2021. But I came to the conclusion that the reason that we never cared about the other girls And the fact that they weren't singing or that they never put the microphones to their mouths when they were performing live or the fact that we simply never got to know any of them like we love melody because we got that one random burst of her personality you know what i mean but like we don't know anything about any of them i could barely tell you what they sound like and i think it's because they were never presented to us in a way that would make us think we were supposed to care like, the entire band was such an unapologetic gimmick, even down to how they were formed and where they stemmed from. And that's how we treated them. We treated them as a gimmick that also, by the way, just so happened to, on occasion, release a really good song, and like a really fun song to dance to. And even with the insane amount of money that they made for their label and the amount of records that they sold, which was a lot, and, you know, the cultural impact that they had, We never took them seriously as a band. Like, to even read about just how successful they actually were is really jarring to me. Honestly, it sort of makes me tilt my head a little bit like a dog that's like hearing a whistle. They released seven songs from this album, which is insane. Uh, When I Grow Up, What You Think About That, Out of This Club, I Hate This Part, Iconic, Bottle Pop, Jai Ho, and Hush Hush. Also a really big fan of Jai Ho, to be honest with you. Like, that song is so good. Are you kidding me? You are the reason that I breathe. Just listen to it right now. Literally pause me. I know, just listen. Stop me. And like, let the Pussycat Dolls really into your life and like, really be vulnerable. I think with this second release, a lot of the criticism kind of revolved around, you know, what the band was able to avoid initially because they were such a big gimmick. Um, they were such like a shiny, fun thing to look at, but with this release, the critics were more resentful of the fact that they had no personality. People didn't like that this band didn't have any identity aside from Nicole Schroesinger. Rolling Stone said in their review of this album that it was like they threw a bunch of stuff at the charts to see if any of it would stick for no rhyme or reason. Like there's no rhyme or reason to release any of these songs. It's just hoping that people like any of them. Um, the album was viewed as a consolation prize for Nicole because at this point, it's very public that she wants to be a solo artist and that we denied her. So she had to go back to the band and everybody knows that she's released basically her solo music through the band. So like, that's embarrassing. This album wasn't nearly as successful as their debut. Um, the singles didn't make as much of a cultural impact. I mean... You know, the way that I described Don't Ya in comparison to When I Grow Up, like it's, it's different worlds. Um It also made a few Worst Album of the Year rankings by publications, and it debuted at number four on Billboard, but it dropped to 14 like a week later. The Pussycat Dolls did tour this album, though. Ironically, Lady Gaga opened up for them during the UK leg of their shows, and they very famously, what I was referencing earlier, what? opened for Britney during the circus tour um so I actually got to see the Pussycat Dolls live and I remember even then being like I was with my friend and I was like you know is that are the other ones singing like do the other ones sing I was so excited to see if the other ones sang which they didn't and I was also really excited to see the girl with the short hair do like the mid-air split because it's iconic everybody's favorite stunt queen melody (laughs) melody proved herself to be truly divergent in this moment uh during their show in phoenix she said that's right phoenix she shouted to the crowd let me hear you what's up everybody i'm melody and i'm a native of phoenix arizona let me give a shout out to my family thank you guys so much for supporting me even though i'm not featured you know what i'm saying That, of course, is a reference to them not being featured on Jai Ho, you know, the song being Jai Ho, the Pussycat Dolls featuring Nicole Schwarzenberger. She also said, I feel like it's my responsibility to say to all the little boys and girls in the house tonight that myself and Ashley Roberts are examples that you can do anything you want to do. Don't give up your dreams and don't ever let anybody stomp on them, ever. The thing about Melody is that she's a main character, you know what I mean? Unfortunately, Melody was a main character in a group that required only extras, but she is a main character. I bet if you asked 10 people to name two members of the Pussycat Dolls, at least eight of them would say Nicole and Melody. In September of 2009, the group announced that they would be taking some much needed time away from each other. Melody told MTV News, It's like when you're with your sisters for 24 hours a day and you need to take a shower by yourself. We're not breaking up. Everybody keeps asking that. It's like, let me think. Who took a break? Dave Chappelle? Remember when Dave Chappelle took a break? Okay, maybe not Dave Chappelle. Maybe that's a bad example. Um, what about Hootie and the Blowfish? They took a break. Like, sorry, but that's a main character answer. Like, this is a girl who was meant to have her name in lights. I mean, I'm sorry. Like, she. this is not a girl who plays background. When asked if she had plans on making music independent of the doll domination group, responsible for hits like Don't Ya and Buttons, Melody said, Well, I always tell people that I've been working since the beginning of the Pussycat Dolls and making records and always staying true to my passions, which is music, because I love it. The pop star told MTV News, Absolutely, I'm making music. I love it and I'm going to live it. She's like, Absolutely, I'm a divergent. I'm divergent. I go against the grain. I don't listen to my Din mother. I'm divergent. Okay, do you remember last week when I said that Nicole considered... 2009 to be the year all hell broke loose for their band i am going to dig a little bit deeper into that <laughs> because i'm messy it's a lot of she said she said there's a lot of back and forth a lot of quotes which we love at this point the public knows that the girls don't necessarily like each other they've hinted enough times at not liking nicole that people pretty much understand that nicole is public enemy We also know that Nicole's solo project, which everybody now knows was going to be called Her Name is Nicole. So not only is this like, you know, this solo project that keeps stopping and going that everybody talks about, not only is it like out there into the world, but like the name of it is now out there. So people are kind of like, it's just embarrassing. You also had some of the girls telling people that they were broken up and then Other girls saying that we're absolutely not broken up. We are together. We are sisters, blah, blah, blah. So then, you know, Robin Anton had to send like her good girls out to go do damage control. It's a lot. So in early 2009, Ashley Roberts accidentally announced that the group was breaking up for sure. They had obviously talked about it and she said it publicly and that sent Robin Anton into a PR tailspin. So she sent, you know, some of the other girls out to say that they weren't broken up or whatever. Jessica Sutta told Two Day FM in 2009, We're five girls who all have personalities and sometimes they clash, but we ultimately love each other and we're sisters. Of course there are arguments and here and there, but we always work them out. I think that's why we're so successful. We know how each other work. I guess everyone likes to talk about the dolls There are no plans to break up. We're about to do our third album. It's silly. All the rumors make us laugh. Then you had Kimberly Wyatt give an interview to the Daily Star where she said, I get on well with most of the band, but not everyone. Look, at the end of the day, it's a job. We all have our own lives to lead and we all have our own projects going on. I think of Nicole as just a business associate. She's not my friend. You cannot simply group girls together and just expect them to get on, can you? Life doesn't work like that. If Nicole left tomorrow, we could still carry on without her. I can see the band going on forever actually. So then Robin Anton enters the group chat. Mother Darling has entered the group chat. And she spoke to hollywoodscoop.com because it's like 2009 and she said, "The Pussycat Dolls are very much alive and there's no truth to the silent treatment statements." Um there were rumors that the girls were icing Nicole out, which we'll talk about. She said, Nicole and the Dolls have always been very close. Nicole is and always will be a strong creative force within the group, and I cherish the way that we collaborate. The PCD brand has evolved and has continuously grown since day one, so look forward to new music, new concepts, and new faces with more hit songs. And this whole thing is hilarious because each time one of the girls talks publicly, they say one or two sentences that then propels the next girl to respond so the fact that robin said new faces was a intentional and b sent the girls spinning so this was followed up by a response from kimberly wyatt to digital spy she said the pussycat dolls have been on a hiatus for a while now i really don't know what's to come i can't even comment on it because i'm not the driving force behind any of it Robin Anton is the creative, and there's a lot of chefs in the kitchen when it comes to the Pussycat Dolls. They're making their choices wisely, and from what I know, Robin did issue a statement saying to expect new music, new ideas, and new faces. No matter what happens, I'll always be involved with the Pussycat Dolls, even if it's helping with choreography or creative direction. Like, as if she's been allowed to do that while she's in the group. I'm very thankful for everything that Robin has given me, and I always want to express that in any way I can. Whether it's in the group, outside of the group, or whatever it may be. <laughs> Wyatt added that she's unsure of why the recent single, Jai Ho, was released as the Pussycat Dolls featuring Nicole Scherzinger. I guess that was a decision that was made much aside from me, she said. I don't really know what went on behind that, but Nicole did do her work on that project. It was her vocals, it was her song, so it was featuring Nicole Scherzinger. Kimberly did also confirm that each girl was actively working on a solo project, whether it be Like, writing music for it or recording music or, you know, putting feelers out to different labels or to different uh, managers and producers. Like, they were really desperately trying to figure out what they were going to do next. At the very beginning of the year, Digital Spy reported that Nicole's relationships with the girls continued to deteriorate throughout the remainder of 2009. And a source said, It is war. They have broken up for good. None of the other girls are speaking to Nicole who they believe took the limelight and then went off to do her own thing very selfishly. Kimberly also said something in passing that I thought was pretty profound, that when she took on the job, when she like joined the band, um, when it was described to her, she always sort of looked at it as like a Broadway production that just so happened to also release pop music. And it is kind of like a Broadway production. It's like a traveling stage production because it's not real. And everybody knows that it's not real and there's a collective understanding that it's not real and that there's a, a lot of acting that goes into it and we're completely okay with it. I don't know. I just thought that was interesting. Kimberly announced her departure from the group in February of 2010. She also announced that she wanted to start um, a rival girl group because of the animosity she had towards Robin Anton and Nicole. She told Loaded Magazine, I've left the group. I'm so thankful for everything the Pussycat Dolls have brought into my life, but I have to say, there were just too many variables that I couldn't agree with, and I have to follow my own heart. So I decided to kind of push on with my own life. Money and fame can't buy happiness. Ultimately, I think that the happiness is the most important thing, and I think that once I started to get to know myself more, I was like, you know, I don't think that happiness is within this group right now. I wish that it was different, because I love what we do on stage, and I love being a doll, But as far as the variables offstage are concerned, I just couldn't do it anymore. She also told News of the World. I've been a pussycat doll for longer, she said of Nicole. She was one of the last to join, but we had to share a dressing room while Nicole would have her own. And then we'd have to get on the tour bus together while she wouldn't come with us and she got her own transportation. I'm closer with the other girls because of the system that was in place. It's not true at all that only one of us can sing, by the way. Everyone in the group has a really beautiful voice. We just weren't showcased as much. When it was made aware to me that there would be changes in the group, I didn't agree with it, she explained. I love the girl so much. That was my family, so I hope to continue the movement. I'm taking my future into my own hands. We were looking at ways to keep working together, and we all wanted to, but when we do that, we're not allowed to call ourselves the Pussycat Dolls. Right now there's a lot of controversy. I haven't spoken to Nicole about it. She's full speed ahead with her own career. I always knew this sort of change has to come so there's nothing to be bitter about. At the end of the day, I always knew I was not the captain of that ship. So in other words, she's basically saying we've all talked about starting a rival girl group where we exclude Nicole, change our name, and (laughs) it's all original members except for the lead singer. The next person to announce their departure was Ashley Roberts. Uh, she said on her website that the rumors were true and that she was leaving. She also said she caught the acting bug and was falling in love with it. Robin announced that the Pussycat Dolls would be making their return in 2010 with Nicole as the lead in a different set of girls as backup. Now this is messy for several reasons. Reason one she just basically announced that all of the girls are going to be replaced in retaliation for them speaking up against, um, the group and against her and Nicole. Reason B or two or whatever (laughs) is that she's basically strong arming Nicole into not leaving the group. We all know that Nicole is desperate to leave this band and she wants to really bad. So Robin Anton publicly announces that not only is Nicole not leaving, that they're gonna form an entirely new girl group around Nicole. I just honestly want to pause for a second and just I want to take a moment to fantasize and lust after the thought of being around for these conversations, like being privy to these behind the scenes conversations. Because the girls have all gone rogue. By the way, except for Nicole, the ultimate good girl. She didn't, She didn't like, say anything publicly. Nicole was never quoted during this time. Um, you know, the girls have collectively decided that they are all divergent. They're no longer interested in protecting the integrity of the group. You know, the Pussycat Dolls looking good is not anything that's important to them at this particular point. Because they all think that they're gonna go off and do all these other things and release music and, you know, they have all these industry connections, so it's gonna be fine. So they're announcing their departures from the group left and fucking right. They're dropping out like flies. Then you have Nicole, who has been strong-armed into continuing with the group against her will, basically. And to top it all off, Robin is basically saying to the public, not only are we recreating the band, the bitches still aren't going to sing. Like, Nicole will still be the only person singing. She has made that very clear. She will still be the lead of the group. We will revolve the group around her, and they will not talk or sing. On a positive note, I guess, Nicole did release yet another single that would act as a launching pad to her stop-and-go solo career. Um, The song wasn't officially released in the U.S., and for me, it's like, So begins the period of Nicole's career where she was just kind of like, fuck the United States. Like, if you guys don't want me, that's chill. I will take my business elsewhere and become a UK pop star. The song actually did perform fairly well in the UK and she debuted it on the X Factor and on the show, she very famously got a standing ovation. And then immediately after the song shot up to number three on the UK Billboard chart. By fall of 2010, all of the girls had officially announced that they were going to be leaving the group. And on December 5th, Nicole announced that she would officially be leaving, which was like, you know, the nail in the coffin. Robin tried to do a real quick replacement of all the girls before Nicole officially left. So there are photos of Nicole with the replacements, these like strangers that ended up being in the group for like two days. Nicole said, we had our time. Some of the girls left the group. That was out of my hands. I wouldn't want to be in a group of any other girls. We are like a tight family. I love Nicole's like hear no evil, see no evil, speak no evil approach to the girls consistently telling the media how much they fucking hate her. I do want to touch on the fact that the girls created an offshoot version of the Pussycat Dolls called GRL. We do have to talk about GRL. GRL was basically Robin Antin's way of Continuing with the Pussycat Dolls, but not using the same name and not having the same girls. So same thing, same concept, same format, you know, the music being a little bit of a different style, but for the most part, it was just another girl group for her to make money off of. Robin announced the group in February of 2013 and told the public that the Pussycat Dolls would be changing their name. And uh, the band was actually really successful, but the reason I bring them up is because we do have to talk about of course, Simone Battle, who passed away in 2014, and is the first of many really disturbing stories to come out of Robin Anton's girl group factory. Simone took her own life on September 6 of 2014 in her West Hollywood home. And the band released a statement saying words cannot express the depth of our loss. Simone's incredible talent was only surpassed by the size of her heart. Simone's family told The Independent that she had become increasingly depressed over money and her frustrations with the band. We even talked about this a whole lot, but Robin doesn't pay the girls in her girl groups. Like, the Pussycat Dolls weren't being paid to be in the Pussycat Dolls, they were having everything paid for for them. So wardrobe and and dinner and things like that. They were basically getting like a reality show stipend, but they weren't being paid. I'm pretty sure I read that they were getting like $500 a week or something. So you can imagine these girls who are not nearly as famous and don't have as many singles and have not been around as long. You can imagine what they're getting paid. So on top of being obsessively managed and controlled, they're also getting like... 90s TLC and pebbles treatment, which is insane. Reading all of this obviously sent me down a really dark YouTube spiral, which I'm sure you can assume. And I just kept watching videos of this girl perform and because I didn't really know a lot about her, to be honest. And I was watching her clips on X Factor and her during interviews and stuff. And it was just so heartbreaking because she's so... I mean, not only was she incredibly just like so talented and beautiful, but she was so... Young, I think she was 25. And when we get into the real meat of the episode, it definitely puts her death into perspective. And it really makes you wonder like the true extent of what these girls were being put through. We're definitely going to circle back to this at the end of the episode. I'm sort of jumping all over the place right now, but I just want to get this housekeeping bullshit out of the way so that we can get back to what I'm really excited to cover. Um, so I'm just gonna run down a really quick list of, like, things. So we all know that Nicole had a very impactful run on X-Factor, of course. Um, she literally helped form One Direction. Iconic, good for her. Um, obviously didn't watch the UK X-Factor. I've only seen clips of it on YouTube. Um, but I did read on her Wikipedia that she replaced Cheryl Cole. And during the audition stages of the show, um, she sent the show into a deadlock. And I guess... You know, it was the quarter finale or the quarter final, and people were really upset about it and she received a ton of death threats because she paused the show, which honestly just further proves my point that people who invest really intensely emotionally in singing competition shows, like, you know, those people, they're always just a little bit off. There's always just something about them where you're like, You're a tinge unwell. There was a really awkward moment in April of 2012 where Kimberly Wyatt made an appearance on The X Factor, and it was reported that their teams were told to keep them away from each other. And uh, so yeah, it was super uncomfortable, and everybody who witnessed it went and told the media everything about it. A source told Digital Spy, The pair's relationship is said to have been strained since the Pussycat Dolls parted ways on bad terms. Wyatt was in the audience for the results show on Sunday. An audience member said it was awkward when her presence was announced. Nicole swiveled her swiveled around in her cha- or get it Nicole swiveled around in her judge's chair. She gave Kimberly a cold stare and didn't even wave before turning back again. They were kept apart. There is no love lost. We've got enough fighting on the show without a cat fight as well. I also just want to really quickly circle back and touch on something that proves a point I made last week to be right. You know how much I love that. Karmite Bashar did an interview with The Sun during the time that uh, Nicole was on The X Factor. And it says, Nicole Schruzinger was reportedly very jealous of Ashley Roberts, according to former Pussycat Doll member Carmeet Bashar. Bashar claimed that The X Factor judge's envy of her bandmate was one of the main reasons the behind the group's split. Nicole was jealous of Ashley. She felt very threatened by her. Uh, like people would prefer her because of the way she looked. Ashley had that iconic American girl thing going on, blonde hair, blue eyes, and it was the look Nicole seemed to want for some reason, but could never have. No one could understand why Nicole was so jealous of her. She was an exotic beauty with a look that most girls would kill for, but she was always, she always had a thing about blonde women. Ashley knew that Nicole was jealous of her and it made her feel uncomfortable it was a hideous undertone in the group. After the dolls fell apart, Ashley was in tears. It was a tough time for everyone in the band, but with Ashley being the way she is, it was particularly hard on her. I think Nicole got it in her head that she was the real star and it would be better off and that she would be better off on her own. Nicole started traveling in her own tour bus and the divide between her and the rest of us just got so big. Nicole chose to isolate and alienate herself from us. There was constant bickering. Ashley was always the sensitive one back then and always in tears. She would often call me late at night crying her eyes out, and I know Nicole's attitude got to her. Nicole basically wanted to be in the front and center at all times. We were expected to work our asses off to boost Nicole and her own career. The situation became unbearable. So I think that I've kept you waiting long enough. If you've made it this far, you're 32 minutes in. This episode actually may be a little bit shorter than it normally would be because I'm doing a lot of quotes and those don't really take up as much time. Anyway, we are here. This is the nitty gritty of the episode. And this is where I give you a trigger warning at the beginning because we're going to be getting into some dark shit. In fall of 2017, during the peak of the Me Too movement, Kaya Jones spilled all of the tea about what was going on in the Pussycat Dolls It's a lot to read. Like I said, it's really dark. So I'm just going to go through all of it. I'm going to take my time. And um, this is how we're going to finish out the episode. Okay, so Kaya tweeted, My truth. I wasn't in a girl group. I was in a prostitution ring. Oh, and we happened to sing and be famous while everyone who owned us made the money. How bad was it, people ask? It was bad enough that I walked away from my dream, my bandmates, and a $13 million recording deal. We knew that we were going to be number one. I want the den mother from hell to confess why another one of her girl group girls committed suicide. Tell the public how you mentally break us. To be a part of the team, you have to be a team player, meaning sleep with whoever they say. If you don't, they have nothing on you to leverage. Yes, I said leverage, meaning after they turn you out or get you hooked on drugs, They use it against you, correct, victimizing the victim again. And why don't we report it? Because we're all abused. I personally have been warned that if I tell, I will, you know, end up dead or no more career. And Kaya had actually been trying to report what was going on for years, but was mostly ignored because the world wasn't really ready to accept how dark Hollywood actually is prior to Harvey Weinstein. Even though, which it's insane because it's like we've seen these same patterns of abuse and the same outcome with these abuse victims for literally a hundred years. And it's like we're in this never-ending cycle where each time it feels like this completely new case, this completely new scenario, like there aren't blatant parallels. I'm pretty sure I said this same thing during my Justin Bieber episode, which I mean, to if I'm being completely honest with you, I got a lot of messages about from people just being like, why are you so sympathetic to him? Like, he's an asshole. He sucks. And, uh, you know, it's frustrating when it's like you see people not be able to wrap their heads around the fact that Hollywood isn't really that different now than it was during like Shirley Temple and Judy Garland days. It's not really that much different. And when I look at somebody like Justin Bieber, the only thing that pops into my mind is Aaron Carter and like Corey Haim. You cannot tell me that Justin Bieber, Aaron Carter, and Corey Haim are not all just like the same person. Kaya also said, in 2004, I told Hollywood executives. In 2005, I told the press. And in 2011, I spoke up again. I wonder if any other victims kept a journal like I did. Oh yes, I kept a journal with timelines. Because I'll be damned if I'll sit back and watch them take advantage of the public and other young women again. No reunion on my watch. Kaya said in a radio interview that they were forced to sleep with label executives, producers, managers, and other artists from the same label. She also said in a radio interview, and I quote, Everyone can go Google search in 2011 when my ex-bandmate decided to say that she was the only one that sang and the only one that did anything in the group. Why doesn't she speak up about the marriage that she broke up and the people whose lives she affected by her choices because she too was a victim? In the music industry, it's a running joke that you're either a bitch or a professional hoe. Take a look at the groups that came up after the Pussycat Dolls. There was Girl Licious and GRL. The day I found out Simone took her own life, I said they caught a weak bird. Because that's the truth. 21-year-old girls don't just kill themselves for no reason, but I can assure you I had moments of wanting to do so when I was in the same situation she was. She also admitted that men were sent to her home. So after she spoke to the label executives about it and said, like, you know, um, I want to go solo. I was in the Pussycat Dolls and this was the whole gig and Robin Anton was basically pimping us out. These label heads would then send like goons to her house to scare her into submission so that she would stop talking about the thing that they all know happens in the entertainment industry. And I can't imagine anybody listening to this is stupid enough to not believe what she's saying when you look at this group. Um, but I mean, obviously there are people who don't believe it because this was not made a really a big deal at all. Um, I mean, this, had, she spoke up about this a few years ago. The truth to you is that this shit happens all the fucking time. It happens all the time in Hollywood. It happens to young girls. It happens to young boys. It happens to people that we all know and love. It's just, it just is what it is. And, you know, Harvey Weinstein was a, a I've said this a million times, he was a treacherous, awful fucking sewer lizard but like not the only one and not anywhere near as bad as some of them that are still fucking out there. And by the way, this doesn't just happen in America. Like my mind was blown when I started doing research on K-pop groups because I was like, God, why do so many K-pop stars commit suicide? Like I just, I didn't know that that was a thing and I didn't know that it was so common. So I started looking it up. And then of course I got, just completely sucked into it and you know the contracts that those like really young people sign for those k-pop groups sometimes this shit is written into their contract like you will be loaned to so-and-so if need be just look at the suicide rate of korean pop stars and how sad the stories are and how young most of them are Robin Anton, of course, released some really long bullshit statement about how the Pussycat Dolls are a family and they're a sisterhood and female empowerment and blah, blah, blah. Pussycat Dolls Incorporated did end up suing the Daily Mail for publishing the story. And they obviously cited defamation as a result of the article and described it as reckless, malicious, and intentional. The day after Kaya went public, she actually did another interview with the Daily Mail where she said, As just one example, a record executive asked me to get in his car and I accepted. We were in Las Vegas and we were all racing to get to the airport to take us back to LA after a show, Jones said. It was just a 10 minute ride and I remember getting in the back seat of the limo with him and within seconds he jumped on top of me. I literally had to fight him off all the way to the airport. The 33-year-old said that at the time she was just 19 and that the executive was in his 50s. Like most of the girls in the band, I didn't drive, she added. I would regularly have a car service take me to an event. I've lost count of the number of times my car didn't turn up at the end to take me home. Oh, and -and so-and-so will give you a ride home, I was always told. If I accepted, the same thing would happen again. How many times does a girl hoping to make it big have to push an older man off of her? Jones blames band founder Robin Anton, whom she dubbed the Den Mother from Hell, for many of the problems. She claims the band members were only paid $500 a week as Anton got filthy rich. She mentally and verbally abused us every second of the day, Jones told Daily Mail. She would tell me how fat I was and how fat my ass was and how small other girls' breasts were. She even took all of our baby pictures for a project she called Before the Dolls Were Dolls, It was all in such a rush that I didn't have time to make copies. When I asked for them back, she said she had thrown them in the trash. So basically, I lost all of my childhood photos. Also, after Melissa Schumann from the band Dream accused Nick Carter of raping her, Kaya Jones publicly defended her and said, Nick Carter was my boyfriend while I was in the Pussycat Dolls. He knew about the abuse I endured and did nothing. I guess I know why. He's disgusting, disgraceful, disgusted in my heart. Especially because he was a victim of abuse himself. Shame on you, Nick. And she kept saying that she was waiting on other girls to come forward and talk about their experience, and none of them ever really did. A couple of them tweeted some cryptic messages, but they wouldn't confirm nor deny what it was about. I feel like it should also be stated before I move on from this that Kaya is a very loud and proud root and toot and trump supporter. So if you do plan on looking any of this up yourself or you are going to follow her on social media, just uh be prepared. In October of 2017, it was rumored that the Pussycat Dolls were going to be getting back together and considering going on a tour the following year. Um and it was pretty much confirmed when everybody noticed that there were like Pussycat Dolls, you know, social media sites popping up and Instagrams and their website was back up and running all of a sudden. Um, It was also confirmed that they would be performing on the finale of X Factor and going on a Greatest Hits tour in 2020. Little did they know. Melody confirmed that she would not be returning to the group and that she wanted to focus on uh, financing her own music herself as an independent artist They had a fairly successful return to music, I guess, like in the context of COVID just kind of ruining everything for everybody. They released a single called React and um, critics actually liked it. Apparently when they performed on The X Factor, they got over 400 called in complaints about their outfits. Apparently they're in talks to collaborate with Cardi B and Megan Thee Stallion, and Snoop as a follow-up to Buttons, um, they're scheduled to perform June 2nd at Glasgow, um, it's just weird, like, it's weird now, it's always been weird, it's a weird group, but now, it's like, eek, like, how can you look at them and think of anything else, you know what I mean, and it's just so undeniable, like, It's such a, uh, I don't know, it's just very, very odd. Um, Yeah, that was the Pussycat Dolls. That was, uh, huh. (laughs) I don't know if fun is the word that I would use to describe what that was, but it was something. Um, That was just the first of many girl groups that I hope to cover on the podcast. I'm really, really, really excited about this. I think the thing that will be really fun about it, I think the thing... That I love about this is that we can knock them out kind of fast so it won't last like 20 episodes. It'll be like, you know, maybe one, two, or three episodes and then we can like move on to another one. And that being said, listen to me. I want you to hear me. Dig your earbuds into your ears at this moment. Turn the volume up really loud. I know that you want the Danity Kane episodes. I understand that. Trust me. I know. I get the DMs. I get it. I understand. Here's the T. It's gonna take a long fucking time to do that because I feel like I need to watch Making the Band to do that, correct? I don't remember anything about Making the Band. So I just need to figure out like how I wanna do that and how I wanna format it and what will cover and not cover. And it's just gonna be a lot. So that's the reason that I haven't done it yet. I just thought the Pussycat Dolls would be a nice ease into this as my first one. I didn't wanna take on anything that was like too you know, complicated. Uh I don't know. It was fun. This was fun. This was fun. In the context of the of this podcast, it was fun. Because dark things are fun here on Dunzo Podcast. Anyway, I love you. I love you very, very, very much. I don't know what we're doing next week, but we'll figure it out. I'm excited for it. It will be a girl group. I don't know which one. We'll see. And uh I'm excited. And I love you. Or maybe it won't be. Maybe we'll maybe I'll wait. I don't know what the fuck I'm doing, okay? I love you. I will talk to you later. Bye. Thank you for listening to Dunzo. This podcast is a part of the Solid Listen Network. Please take a moment to rate, review, and subscribe if you haven't already. Also, be sure to check out our Patreon at patreon.com solidlisten for exclusive content. You can follow me on Twitter at Troy Mcgee and you can follow the podcast on all forms of social media at DunzoPod. That's D-U-N-Z-O. Thank you to executive producer Molly McAleer and coordinating producer Nicole Matthew. Seeking the truth never gets old.